0: Welcome back to Paranormal. I am your host, Marie Adirante. And joining me today on the podcast is someone I've wanted to have on for quite a while. It is Holly Ralph. Hi. Who's starting her own podcast. I am. Can you tell them the name of it? Well, I would love to, but
1: my brother and I are still working (laughs) on it. (laughs) We still don't. We're three episodes deep and we have no name. Um, No, it's, we haven't released it yet. We're working on a name. I think we're actually doing that. Tonight, What a time to be alive. But yeah, it's basically my brother and I in a very loving and supportive and thankful way, um, roasting our parents for all the things they forced us to do growing up. Like the clothing they made us wear. Oh, God, I feel
0: that. Oh, those 90s days. Oh, girl. The Disney store just released a, a throwback collection of like clothing, mugs and stuff like that. I wanna buy every single thing on the list. There's like um, clutch purses that look like the original VHS tape Oh. Uh, cases, oh, I love yeah. <laughs> them and oh. journals too that look like the cases, they're so cool. That is, that's I'll actually a brilliant idea. I, I know. know, I'll that's show you when idea. we're done recording. And remember, like, the pajamas that they used to make, like, yes. the like Disney pajamas that mm-hmm. were like extremely flammable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, Like, if somebody lit a cigarette too close to <laughs> me in the 90s, because that would happen as a child, um, I would go up in flames,
1: probably. It was like they were the Christmas present that your mom would wrap and put like on on the couch on the other side of the room because they can't be next they to the fireplace. can't be next to
0: the fireplace. Not at all. So there's pajamas that are no longer in that material but the same patterns and stuff. They're really cool. It's a really cool collection. I want that, all of it. I want all of it. Oh, God, I know. Well, thanks for showing up. Jeez. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super Girl, excited. I'm having the time of my life. Um, <laughs> I feel like I need to quickly address the fact that I did not have an episode I sketched, so I do one every two weeks. Okay. And then I was like, ready to go, was gonna record one, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to. It was just a bad mental health time for me. I mean,
1: you just gotta it. treat your brain like treat yourself. And
0: then, and then I was gonna tell you this, but I was like, no, no, no I'm gonna wait till like we're recording, so we have like a nice organic conversation so going great. on. But then two nights ago. I went to my best friend, Sarah's, who lives like around the corner from here. And um, I drank way too much. And I have, I am on day two of a hangover right now. I'm still hungover. That is bleak. Yeah. That hurts me. And and I babysat. (laughs) Wow, like I babysat last night in the middle of being so hungover and you can still see that I still have the fort that built (laughs) (laughs) in my living room because I don't want to take it down because I'm planning on just living in it for the next couple
1: days. And the funny thing is like when you texted me and and I said, like, Oh, I'll be on my way soon and you're like, Great, I have a fort set up that I just didn't bother to take down. I literally thought that we were gonna like f- record in okay, the fort. And I was, I was like
0: about
1: it. I'm yeah. so down. Like <laughs>
0: I was thinking about it, but Steven was like, "Just set up in the dining room. And <laughs> just <do> fucking weirdo. <laughs>
1: just don't make her feel weird.
0: <laughs> no, like I've never met this girl. <laughs> so he, he just doesn't
1: know me. He doesn't know that. Like right? I find that completely acceptable. Right. Of course,
0: fine. Anyway, so there's that. Um, so sorry that I skipped a week. I took a mental health week, and I'm allowed to do that. Because it's my show. Because <laughs> mental health. Because I fucking said no. <laughs> and blood. um, now I'm back. So and I'm hungover. So please be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so good. Oh my god. Yeah, it was not a good look for me. I bet you looked amazing. Um, no, it was really embarrassing. And like, <laughs> Stephen, my husband <clears throat> doesn't drink at all. Like he's sober. Right. He's, right. So he. He had to take care of me, and he like, he like the next day. I was like, I am so embarrassed, and he just went, "It's okay." Like you never do, like you. I can't remember the last time you were like this. And I like I fully fell asleep in my shower, mm-hmm. fell asleep, and woke up to like cold water. And I was like, Oh my god, what have I done? I oh like, my god, this is thirty, a two day hangover. Like, <laughs> this why? <is> <laughs> I'm an old age. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like uh, you turn 30 and you're like, I guess I'll drink like I did in my twenties. I'm totally fine. I'm still that same <laughs> <fucking> girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: but you not. look you're like, whoa, I'm so ready for bed. And you look at your watch at the party and you're like, oh, it's 8 30. Yeah like <laughs> that that's I'm, when you know. I
0: left my friends. i my husband had to come, him and his best friend came to pick me up because I, he did. okay, so he said that I called him and I was like totally normal and then half an hour goes by and I called him again and he was like, I can barely understand what okay. he's and then he came to get me with his best friend and uh, yeah, it just was not a good time. It was not fun. Oh, and I checked the time when he came to get me. I looked at the time in the car, 11 p.m. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Remember the days when, like, 11 p.m. You were like, don't um, wait yeah. up. I'm leaving. It's to call the cab. Time to call the cab <laughs> like, because I'm meeting all my friends downtown. downtown. And now you are like, it's 11 p.m. Seven. Yeah. I need to go to bed. <laughs>
0: yeah. This is fine. I'm I, fine. Anyways, guys, don't worry about me. I'm totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. This happens to me once every two years. I would say, <laughs> I would say once every two years. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So... my stories for the day. I'm so excited to tell them. One of them is from a listener from the UK. Another one uh, I got as an Instagram message uh, from a girl named Jessica. And uh, I got another one from a gentleman named Sean on Twitter. So I got 12 stories. And then I have the hometown haunt. Which is, that's my drum roll. <laughs> oh, I thought
1: I was supposed to try out. I was like, oh, well, I wasn't I'm like, aware. I was like, how dare you not go a drum roll? <laughs> get it together. Leave the
0: room. Together. Get it come together and come back. And we're, we're going to do this over from the very beginning. Um, no, it's Dallas, Texas. So, woo, thank you, Dallas. Um, Don't
1: mess with Texas. Tell me about it. <laughs>
0: Jeez Louise. So, okay. So, you're killing me, girl. Um, and then you have a story. I do have a story. Which I don't want you to tell me too much about it, but okay. I'm super excited because you kind of gave me like. Some not like anything about the story, but like kind of told me something about it, and I was like, Please stop telling me I'm, sorry, <laughs> to I'm really yeah, to this organically.
1: I'm really excited to tell this story. I can't wait. I'll, I'll share. Okay,
0: great. That's so It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna read the UK, the girl, the girl from the UK first. Um, Also, all of these stories are pretty long, so um, please bear with me everybody. Okay, so. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is from Mary, and Mary is from the UK, and she emailed me saying, "Um, Hi, Mary. I am praying I got this email right. My name is Mary, and I'm from, and I feel like she's just going to like laugh at me when I try and pronounce the town that she's from. Hale... Hales... Haleswin? It's H-A-L-E-S-O-W-E-N. Haleswin? Haleswin? In the UK.
1: (laughs) God bless you.
0: (laughs) Bless. I have some personal experiences of my own with the paranormal, and also two stories about the area around me, which I think you might enjoy. My first experience with the paranormal was when I was between the ages of seven to eight. I was right? I was in my room playing with my Barbies and happened to look up at the hallway. My old room was next to my younger brother and sister's room, which is next to the hallway slash stairs, if that makes sense. Sure. And I saw a tall man walk around the hall and down the stairs. Mm-mm. He was wearing what I think was Tudor clothing, something from that period of time, and he looked menacing as hell. Naturally, I was scared shitless and didn't move for a good 20 minutes in case he came back. I found it odd because this happened in the daytime and he made no sound when he was moving. But I know for definite that it was only me upstairs when this happened and the rest of my family was downstairs. Oh right after a while i felt safe and ran down the stairs to tell my family what had happened they laughed it off and told me i was just seeing things they still joke about it to this day now as my niece sometimes points at corners of the house or stares into the distance (laughs) you need to move like you need to move so what i need you to do is pack your
1: bags (laughs) step one find a large (laughs) bag that will hold all of your items
0: or several small ones. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's terrifying. I have sent you a lovely WikiHow yeah. article of how to pack and move. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen him again, but I think my third story might be why. Oh gosh. But she's gonna go into the second story first. Okay. My second story happened about two to three years later. I'm not just, sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking to myself. My third story would be why, which I will tell now, and the second story will happen after the point. I'm I'm so (laughs) dumb. Thank you for laughing. (laughs) My second story happened about two to three years later. I know this because I was listening to my MP3 player that had been handed down to me from my older sister, and I had discovered how to illegally download music to put on there. Don't worry, my pirating days are over. <laughs> Good for you. I was like going to call you. I also <laughs> used Napster to download Little Romeo's album. Little <laughs> <laughs> Romeo, yeah, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, you know,
1: you know. Who didn't love Little Romeo? <laughs> who didn't? I loved all the Lils, Lil (laughs) Lil Romeo. I think those are the only two. Yeah, I think those are the only two, but I loved all of them. Oh that
0: feud. (laughs) (laughs) I I was in the same room as mentioned above, and I was listening to some music. As I turned off the light and started walking clear as day, (sighs) I heard a child's voice say hi to me. I took my headphones out to make sure I wasn't going mad, but an uncomfortable feeling washed over me and I noped the fuck out of there. Again, no one was upstairs when this happened. My last experience was again, another two to three years later, and I was downstairs alone and editing a game music video. As I was happily minding my own business, I felt someone breathe in my ear. It was really raspy and evil sounding, and I said very quietly, I'm not dealing with this again. I'm going to bed. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't had any experiences since. (laughs) Oh my God. These next two stories are technically my sister's, but she doesn't mind me sharing this. The first one is kind of a simple one. My sister lives in a flat and before she used to live in the upstairs flat. The bedroom of that flat had a tiny little door above the wardrobe, and whenever her or her husband left the house to go to work or meet friends, they would come back to find it wide open. Note, they never left any windows or doors open when they went out, so it would, would not have been caused by the wind. The second story is a much nicer one. My sister always says said that whenever she was upstairs, in, or when she was in the upstairs flat, she could smell perfume. Even when she moved to the bottom flat downstairs, she could still smell it. It followed her up until last year, a few months after she'd had her daughter. She now believes that the perfume was something our late Nanny Olive used to wear, and she thinks that she was watching over her and making sure she was happy. Love you, Nanny. We miss you every day. You're so cute.
1: And can I just say, too, like... Olive is a cute name. That is precious. I wanted that
0: name for, like, if we have a child. And Stephen, love not, it. He's, he's, like, vetoed it out. Like mm. Absolutely not. I know. I love it.
1: We should just adopt a child together I mean, and name her Olive. I, I would too. be so happy with
0: that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Lastly, here's some stories. One is about the ghosts of Hayden Hill House. The other is about the unsolved murder mm. of a woman they call Bella. Okay. I'm going to... So, I never do this, but I'm only going to read the story about Hayden Hill House only because I already know the story of Bella in the Witch Elm. Okay, and it's been covered on so many paranormal podcasts. Okay, but not only that, it's incredibly long. So like, it's a very long story. Maybe I'll just like give a gist of it at the end. Like, yeah, like what I remember from it. I'll okay, run it All down. Right. We'll do that. <laughs> that. Okay.
1: Because I don't, um, I will be honest, like, I don't you know. You don't? Okay, then I'll read it. Because Are important. you
0: sure? Yeah, we'll
1: do it. Okay, I was going to say maybe after you just tell no, me.
0: we're going to do it for Mary. She took the time to copy and paste the story. Look at you, Mary. So- <laughs> <laughs> Hayden Hill House has a few ghosts that roam around the grounds and inside the house, but the most well-known one is a woman in white. She was called Eleanor and was in a relationship with a monk who unfortunately has no name. Her parents uh, and the abbot of the abbey tried to prevent them from being together, but Eleanor and the monk attempted uh, to escape via a secret tunnel. They were both caught. I'm not sure what happened to Eleanor, but the monk was sealed in the tunnel alive as his punishment, and Eleanor is still trying to find him today. Other sightings are that of the pets that the owners of Hayden Hill owned. A horse, a dog, and a cat, if I remember right. Another ghost that is seen and heard is Annie Eliza, who was the last of the Hayden line. Uh, An EVP of a woman has been caught, but the link doesn't work. Either way, there is a lot of history to the house, and I recommend that anyone in the area should visit it. The next and final story is about an unsolved murder. I cannot truly capture this story in my words, so I've copied it from an article and it is so sad. So, um, this <clears throat> so this happened in Hagley Woods in uh, in 1943. There were four young boys that were looking for with a passion for bird nesting, and they stumbled upon a heavily coppiced elm tree. Um, the thinnest boy in the group climbed up the tree to look inside of the hollow trunk and he saw a human skull. They swore a pact of silence and fled, but the youngest was so traumatized that he told his father. Um, the police went and recovered the skeletal remains from the tree, along with clothing and finger bones that had been dispersed around the trunk. Um, a pathologist concluded that the remains belonged to a woman aged 35 to 40, who had been placed, and then in quotes, while still warm, Ooh. into the tree where she had remained hidden for at least 18 months. I guess that they would know that she was still warm because if you're putting her inside of a tree trunk, I'm sure she would have had to have been like folded up almost. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like I guess like, she, that has to do with rigor mortis, right? right? exactly.
0: <clears throat> okay. Um, cause of death was attributed to asphyxiation on account of a portion of tapita found deep inside of her mouth. Police contacted every dentist in the country hoping to identify her by her distinctive teeth, um, and they eliminated all missing persons from the area. After six months, they were no closer to identifying the victim or the killer when the appearance of graffiti across the region started popping up asking who put Bella in the witch elm, suggesting that someone knew more than they were letting on. Uh, Police Tried to identify the graffiti artist and they followed the trail of anyone from the area known as Bella. Neither line of inquiry was successful. The search of national dental records also uh, came up with nothing and the woman in the witch elm had apparently come from nowhere and was missed by no one. Two years passed. And the case attracted the attention of an anthropologist named Professor Margaret Murray, who clouded the investigation by citing a disturbing occult ceremony known as the Hand of Glory, theorizing that the scattered hand bones indicated a ritualistic murder. The press obviously loved that Mm -hmm. uh, and ran with it, particularly when the body of a local man, Charles Walton, was found in a nearby village pinned to the ground with a pitchfork. (sighs) Murray connected both the cases somehow, and Scotland Yard appeared to take the theory seriously, uh, which obviously the press loved more. By the 50s, talk of witchcraft had taken a hold of the popular imagination. In 1953, a woman calling herself Anna contacted the newspapers and claimed that she knew Bella's killers. She met police in secret, but details of her story uh, were drip-fed to the public by a local columnist who was writing under a pseudonym. Uh, so she, act- so Anna sent the case in a new direction. This is where it gets really interesting to okay. me. Espionage. She, right? She claimed that Bella had been murdered by a German spy ring involving a British officer, a Dutchman, and a hall artist. It was highly plausible. The region's, <laughs> the region's many munitions factories had made it a, tar- a prime target for Nazi intelligence gatherings designed to choreograph the Birmingham Blitz. Also, I love that I'm reading this story with you because we've discussed so many times our weird fascination with World World War II II. when we
1: were children. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm, like, right here
1: with you. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, my head's going to explode.
0: So the public embraced the link between the murder and the espionage. Um, because this was during the Cold War and James Bond had already made his debut in Casino Royale. Um, <laughs> police soon dismissed talk of the occult and concluded that the finger bones had been skin- scattered by animals, not by a satanic coven. Despite Anna's leave, the investigation began to uh, gather dust. In 1968, Uh, A writer named Donald McCormick revisited both of the murders in his book, Murder by Witchcraft. He asserted that Bella had been a Nazi spy and an occultist named Clara Bella, a woman well-known to several senior Nazis recruited and given the code name Clara. He claimed to have gained access to the records, which indicated that she had parachuted into the West Midlands in 41, but... Failed to make radio contact and disappeared. Furthermore, at least one piece of the contemporary graffiti referred not to Bella, but Clara Bella. It was an entertaining, if boldly uncorroborated theory and did nothing to help bring the case to resolution. 30 years later, the mystery endured uh, despite continuing media interest blah, 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 from the newspapers. Uh, the, OK, so The Independent revisited the story in 99, but the official closure of the investigation. Um, wait, sorry. But the official closure of the investigation and publication of the case file has allowed it to be re-examined, and a startling conclusion has presented itself. So. The police's final review acknowledges that while there would be some merit in a DNA investigation, they've been unable to ascertain where Bella was laid to rest. They overlooked the fact that after the post-mortem, Bella's remains were not buried by the local constabulary, but they were passed to one of Professor Webster's colleagues at the University of Birmingham for more unofficial tests. The police were looking for Bella in the wrong cemetery. McCormick's theory may lack hard evidence, but in the 60s, there were only limited lines of inquiry available. He certainly couldn't have had access to the wartime files, which detail the interrogation of a Czech-born Gestapo agent named Joseph Jacobs, uh, arrested by the Home Guard after parachuting into Cambridgeshire in January of 41. His declassified file at the National Archives contains a photograph carried by Jacobs at the time of his, his arrest, which throws McCormick's claims into fascinating relief. The woman in the photograph was named by Jacobs as a cabaret and singer and a German movie actress, Clara. I don't know how to say her last name. Fowlerly. <laughs> uh, so Jacobs told his interrogators that Clara was his lover And they had met in Hamburg when she was singing at a cafe, she was well connected with senior Nazis and she'd been recruited as a secret agent, and she was due to parachute into the Midlands after Jacobs had established radio contact, but he claimed that since he had been captured before he could send word, this was now unlikely to happen. They learnt that she had been born in Stuttgart in 1906, making her 35, which is about the age of the same woman in the tree. She was indeed a cabaret artist. She had spent two years working in the music halls of the West Midlands before the war and was said to speak English with a Birmingham accent. It isn't difficult to see how the name Clara Bowerly may have been more easily remembered as Clara Bella by English music hall audiences, and Anna would later allege a connection between Bella Espionage and a music hall in her letter in 1953. The timings of these disparate strands of the story are remarkably convergent. Jacob said that Clara had been due to parachute into the Midlands in the spring of 1941. Uh, There appears to be No recordings, live performances, or movie appearances bearing her name after this date. Mm -hmm. Her singing career appears to have come to an abrupt end. McCormick's agent, Clara, parachuted into the West Midlands in early 1941 and failed to make radio contact. Jacobs failed to convince uh, that he could be reliably turned. They had noted in a memo that news of his capture was no secret on the account of the inability of the home guard to keep their mouths shut. On August 15th, 1941, he was executed by a firing squad. He was the last man to be put to death at the Tower of London. And then it ends with, Unless the mortal remains of the woman found in Hagley Woods can be located, the fate of Jacob's lover, Clara, may prove to be as enduring a mystery as the question of who put Bella in the witch elm. I just got a chill. Right, and then she linked the article so it's from the independent and i guess they um they released a picture uh, the picture they released earlier this year she sent a link to that um and she says sorry for the lengthy email any mistakes i make it's nearly 10 pm here please feel free to share and thank you for making these podcasts can't wait to hear the next episode from mary I'm just trying to find this photograph. Oh, there's, like, a bunch of photographs of of it. But it's making my computer slow, and we can't do that. Yeah. (sighs) And that was for Mary. Thanks, Mary. I know, right? I am
1: terrified. Like, I will be sleeping with a light on for the rest of my life.
0: You're so funny. I
1: think it was the one about, like, the guy she saw in the hallway when she's 8.
0: Girl. Tell me about it. Am I right?
1: I'd have... Oh. Yeah. I, as a child, like I know, like as a child.
0: That was about as old as I was when I saw my first ghost, too. Like my first apparition. Oh yeah
1: the thought like makes me want to cry I was like I'm scared
0: frozen oh I was frozen when it happened to me like I couldn't move oh like not that it made me frozen I was too afraid to like move a muscle that's
1: what I mean like I know I'd be in the same way I would have been because she's like oh like I just sat there for like 10 minutes afterwards like that's what I did that's what I would have done I couldn't
0: move I literally couldn't move
1: my Barbies would have just been like (laughs) digging into my little hands like I'd be holding them so tight
0: (laughs) my little Barbies (laughs) oh my god all right. I'm going to read Sean's email or message that he sent me on Twitter. So Sean says, love your show, rated and subscribed. Thank you. You're um, <laughs> so ago, kind, Sean. Angel. Angel. <laughs> four years ago, I moved into a one bedroom apartment on the southwest side of Las Vegas, just behind the east side Canary Casino. Canary Casino. Uh, it was renovated, renovated, affordable, quiet, but most of all, it was mine. I didn't have to share the space with anyone. About a month after moving in, I was working swing shift. I was a security dispatcher for a major strip casino at the time. I would get home around midnight, stay up until 5 a.m., and then sleep until about noon. The first occurrence involved the apartment doors. There was a front door and two sliding glass doors. I would get up to get ready for work, and all of the doors would be unlocked and slightly ajar. Never mind the absolute waste of air conditioning the neighborhood or never mind the absolute waste of air conditioning. The neighborhood was not that safe, and this was a great way to get robbed. For about a week, I would wake up, find the doors like this, and have to close and lock them all. Finally, I found a way to jam and barricade the doors to keep this from open or keep them from opening, and this occurrence ended. Nothing ever went missing or was stolen. Not long after this, I was sleeping on my left side and was startled awake by a man screaming into my right ear.
1: nope. (laughs) Nope. The thought, like, I just
0: almost cried thinking about that. Like, I want to die. I want to die. Oh my gosh. A really quick shout, and then I saw the shadowy bulk of a figure run out of my room through the adjoining bathroom, and then I heard the front door slam open. I very nearly flipped out of bed when the shout woke me up, so I sat stunned on the floor for a good hour before I worked up the courage to check the apartment and make sure I was alone. I heard the front door slam open, but when I managed to finally peek into the living room, all of the doors were barricaded and locked, just like I left them. Oh my gosh. Shortly thereafter, I began having particularly grotesque and extremely lucid nightmares. This is nothing new. It has happened six or seven times a year my whole life. That's so many times. That is way too many times. Um, But now it was nearly every single time I slept. The lucid nightmares turned into sleep paralysis and eventually into what doctors suspected were seizures. As the dreams and sleep paralysis devolved into seizures, phenomenon in the apartment picked up as well. The pipe under my bathroom sink began oozing oily black water. The complex sent a man three times to fix it and even inspected the unit connected to mine but could never identify the problem or make it stop. I have videos of the smelly water that I sent to the apartment manager. Myself and neighbors would all come rushing outside during the day because we heard what sounded like impossibly loud thunder or explosions above our building only to see that the sky was clear and nothing was wrong. Two people lived in the unit above mine, and both died in their sleep in their bedroom, which was directly above my own. Both were old, so I didn't think it was strange, and the heat here can kill the elderly if they're not able to afford running uh, running the air conditioner in the summer. In between upstairs tenants, I could hear banging and dragging sounds during the day. When I would call to complain, I was told that was impossible as the unit was vacant. During the last year I lived there, I was woken up at four in the morning, now being on day shift, by a man screaming so loudly and horribly in the unit above me, I was convinced I was hearing a murder take place. I dialed 911, but the phone clicked and buzzed and shut off. Sean? <laughs>
1: You need to leave. I think
0: he lives there anymore.
1: Thank goodness! I am so upset right now. Like no, I'm terrified. Imagine being
0: like I have to call nine one one and Click not be Like no. I'd cry. That makes me sick. I turned it back on, dialed, and this again the same thing over and over for about five minutes. Oh gosh! Finally giving up nine one one. Finally giving up nine one one. Called me back. I described what I'd heard and they sent police right away. This whole time this is taking place, I'm standing in my kitchen window or sitting in my kitchen looking out the window to try and see if anyone leaves the upstairs unit. I am convinced in this moment that I have heard an actual murder. Police arrive not 10 minutes later and rush upstairs. There is no one home. The unit is dark and before they can decide how to make entry, the new occupant walks around the corner of the building. He'd been staying at his girlfriend's apartment two buildings over and was just coming home to change clothes and go to work. I can hear them having this conversation through my open kitchen window. The police demand he let them uh, inspect the apartment and after hearing them walk around for a few minutes, they leave and the new tenant eventually goes to work around the same time as me i asked what happened in his apartment and he shrugs and tells me he hasn't even unpacked yet and already the neighbors are calling in fake noise complaints he believed this was an attempt to harass him by one of the building's racist older tenants unaware it was me who called or what i had heard before this and while on grave shift for a few months i was in my room on one of my days off it was about three in the morning i'm laying in bed watching watching tv to the left of the bed is a window and to the right is my closet door it has a thin Walmart mirror hanging on it I hear footsteps above me and I frown the unit is vacant I watch the neighbors move out as I'm deciding how much to let this bother me there's a sudden slam on the inside of my closet door so loud and forceful that the mirror falls off and the window rattles I say without an ounce of shame I was shocked to find I had not wet or messed the bed (laughs) I was terrified and stunned I did not know what to do and it took forever to finally open the closet door and make sure I was alone. It had also become common for me to come home from work or the gym, shopping bags in hand, and try to unlock my front door. I would set the bags down, unlock the deadbolt, bend to pick the bags up, and hear the deadbolt slam back into place. Not gently, not roll back into the lock position, but with a loud snap. An annoying variation of this was actually getting the door open, pushing it all the way back, bending to get my bags, and as I moved forward, thinking the door was wide open, um, I ran into it as it was swinging shut. I tested the crooked door frame theory. The door never behaved oddly under any other circumstances, only when I was trying to get inside the apartment. By themselves, these events wouldn't have me seeing the para- wouldn't have me seeing the paranormal where it may not exist, but combined with the lucid nightmares and sleep paralysis, it was hard to see it any other way. Episodes of sleep paralysis included seeing this is included seeing corpses crawling out under the bed to slide under my sheets and try to choke me oh, feeling oh. sorry <laughs> feeling small mouths nip at my fingers and my toes Oh my reaching my hand under my pillow to find a new sleeping position only to feel a stranger's hand already under there grasping for me. Oh my god. Seeing large hulking shapes bend over and whisper in my ear as the apartment was drowned out in the screams and wails of people I couldn't see, being physically shaken like a rag doll by a grotesque-looking gargoyle-type thing, and the bizarre scratches and bruises I could not in any other logical way account for. Throughout this entire ordeal, my life was becoming better. I was being promoted at work, I was paying off debts, and in general, life was becoming less stressful. I was also seeing him,
1: mm-hmm. except, like, except, Except for, for that. that. <laughs> except for the hand that grabs <laughs> you in your sleep. Your life's going great. Listen, everything's going, like, everything's kosher except for the fact that I'm being attacked. It's like, once in a while, <laughs> really? I get choked out by a corpse, but, <laughs> but my credit card debt is paid. My
0: credit card? My credit score? You guys should not even know me A plus. <laughs> I believe I heard a murder upstairs. Turned out it was nothing. But um, (gasps) anyways.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sean I'm sorry I just Sean we're not laughing at you We're laughing laughing We're just We're very happy that like You're safe You're you're, safe And able Yeah And just able to shed such a positive light Such a negative time in your life I Uh,
0: I was also seeing a battery of doctors and psychiatrists Who could not explain the sleep disturbances when doctors were at note of suggestions, they advised I seek spiritual counsel. I did, and I found a Catholic priest, a friend highly recommended. He was a lovely man, and he did not, even once during my recount of events, act or speak in a way that would make me... I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard it.
1: I don't know your house, and I heard a noise, and I literally jumped and looked around.
0: It's like... It's, it's the toilet running. It's just the it's toilet just running, the but
1: I, like, literally just
0: almost That's peed amazing. myself. The last episode I recorded was with my friend Chad, and while we were recording, um, you could hear a cupboard door close, Ugh. and you hear me go, did you hear that? And he goes, oh, it's an old house at Creeks, and I was like, no, that was my cupboard, look where my cupboard door's closed. Just boop. And he was like, I'm going to toast the theory because he's such a skeptic. Yeah. So he went in and tested it. And he's like, yeah, it sounds the same. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad. So don't worry. Sometimes it happens. Great. So I guess the priest never spoken away that would make this guy think that he doubted him in fact it was his advice that finally put a stop to everything for a few months for a few months what happened the apartment apartment was quiet my sleep and dreams were normal i'd almost forgotten about what happened when i was startled awake at three in the morning i could hear beeping and strange moan-like screams thinking my sleep disturbance was back i ignored it and put a pillow over my head and went back to sleep Not not long after, I heard a loud bang and a slam, and I walked into the living room to see my neighbor had kicked in my door. They were yelling for me to get out. The building is on fire. The unit directly above mine was engulfed in flames. Mm -hmm. I grabbed a robe and ran outside to meet them. There was a loud crash. No one is sure what it is. It takes fire and medical a long time to arrive. The upstairs tenant is somehow alive and they managed to get her down to the lawn where they do CPR for what seems like an hour. She died later that morning in the hospital. The crash was the left side of her bed frame falling through her floor. She was on the right side pinned between the wall and her bed. The frame crashed through the floor, my ceiling, and landed where I was sleeping. Had it it struck my head, I would have likely died. Paranormal activity has followed me my whole life and still does occasionally pop up in force now and then, but nothing like what I experienced there. Thanks for reading, even if this is too long to air on the show. Love your work. Please keep going, Sean. Lucky
1: Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
0: Sean. 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 You
1: have me shook, Sean. I am. I am shook. I, I am frightened to a degree that I've never been frightened.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah,
1: that was that a goodie. That was a goodie. That was a good one. Sean, I really hope you don't still live in that think, area
0: I don't think
1: he does I hope he lives. moved oh,
0: there's a tall fire there's like a thing
1: oh, um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard the ending of heard. that story
0: yes, there it so is
1: so. <laughs> probably not likely. Right. He just moved back in. Just, he's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> he, he got that promotion at work. It was just like, things are just going really well. <laughs> I'm just going to go back in.
0: You
1: know what? I think it's, it's
0: fine.
1: Yeah, I think it's fine for me to be here. Oh, gosh.
0: All right. I want to hear your story now.
1: I'm okay. so excited. Okay. So, just pulling up my notes. Oh, my God. I'm super excited. I cannot wait to hear this story. Okay. So, the the first time that i so marie and i know each other from work and i remember like my very first day of work i was super nervous and i was like oh my
0: gosh oh, like yeah, could you okay go ahead yeah
1: so what, yeah so marie and i used to sit like i sat looking one way and she sat right behind me looking the other way and so we uh, i was so nervous though i was like what if like no one likes me it's like going to <laughs> school when you're a kid except i was 28 years old and yeah. i was just like i'm so nervous I feel you. so i saw marie and like i just happened to overhear her being like oh i did my podcast this weekend and i like turned around and I'm like oh you have a podcast and like so we just started talking and I was like, I love podcasts. Oh, I listen to a lot of, like, true crime. And I think that was, like... Oh, I was like,
0: oh, we're friends. We're We're friends. friends. We know each other.
1: And I think, like, at the time, too, like, you had a book sitting on your desk. Oh, my God, I did. (laughs) I did. And it was like, at the time I was reading a book about John Wayne Gacy and you were reading a book about, was it Ted Bundy? Yeah, I was reading The
0: The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Marble.
1: My goodness. Like if there, I honestly knew in that moment, I'm like, I have been blessed (laughs) in sitting in this spot because I can say all the weird things and like she's going to get it. Yeah. And it was weird because it's been, like, with everything. So, like, we love true crime. We love podcasts. We love World... Well, I mean, like, we we love to learn about World World War II. Like, it's not like I'm, you know... Yeah,
0: I'm not like, wow, what a time. What a a time. I'm more like, this was horrifying. Yeah, it's like... so
1: recent. Exactly. It's (laughs) like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened. Yeah. we love the, 90s music. Oh, we love the 90s. The we general. want to I know like the <laughs> 90s are the best. Like so sometimes we'll carpool to work and we will sing 90s music and Marie if she is the passenger well, I should say if she's the passenger or driver, she dances to 90s music as if she's doing like a concert performance in front of a, a millions. Like there's hair flips, like it's oh great. God, it's it's pretty awesome. Oh my god. Um, That's when you know I'm comfortable. <laughs> when she flips when her I flip ponytails. My ponytail. I whip it around. she looks amazing <laughs> um so that that was like our first introduction, so we like i fell in like I fell in love with true crime when I was i think my first introductions to it were when I was a kid and like my family I don't know why not like I mean like at family gatherings like thanksgiving I don't know why, but always towards the end of the night America's most wanted was on oh,
0: girl it's like I remember like like that would happen when my parents would get together with friends. And mm-hmm. stuff, like, same thing. And then my dad would realize that I would be watching it like super intently and like, be like, turn it off. And I was like, this is the worst. Like, I need to see what happens. It's like, Marie, you got to go to bed.
1: You're I like, know. I can't. This there's, guy is on the run. There's someone out there. He's on the <laughs> lamb. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> he's that large. Like, <laughs> and like, I think that was like my first introduction to true crime mm-hmm. and then I really got into it and this is like getting into my story. So okay. when I first really fell in love with true crime and I had this weird obsession with it mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was only me that I met Marie, um, we're, both, <laughs> we're, both, we're both insane. Um, so, <laughs> so the first like, time I ever knew that I was obsessed with true crime is I was probably like 10. How, what grade are you in when you're 10? Five? Probably around five, yeah. Five. Okay, so maybe I was more like 11. So I was about 11 years old. And my music teacher, She had just gone on this trip to England and came back and was like telling us all these stories. And so she told us the story. She's like, oh, well, I was there. I went on a ghost walk, which that actually has very little to do with this. This, I can't wait. It's it's great. (laughs) So she did this ghost walk, which was more of like more of like a history tour. And like the one thing, the one story she told us was about Jack the Ripper. So he was like my first introduction and like, okay, go on. I I couldn't help myself. Like I, she told us this story, and I'm thinking like now, as a, at an eleven, as eleven years old, sitting in a desk at school, I'm like, this mm-hmm. probably isn't appropriate, right. but I was the one it in my desk matter. being like, tell me every detail. Yeah,
0: I need to know more
1: than what you're saying. I need to know more. So, uh, like, obviously, Jack the Ripper is very like notorious. Everyone kind of knows who Jack the Ripper is, but if you don't, um, <clears throat> he yeah he terrorized the streets of Whitechapel, england from like 1888 until they think like 1891 and basically like he it's that's not for certain though because here's the scariest part about jack the rippers they never actually found out who it was right there's over a hundred theories on who it is right there was even an article put out like a few years ago now called Jacqueline the Ripper and they had oh, this right. whole thing
0: They were like, "Oh, it could have been a woman, right?" Was
1: and which I find it? like that is so like it doesn't matter who it is. Like it's just like I love how like there's still theories going on because yeah. no one knows. knows. No and one knows look, we
0: will never know.
1: We'll never know now. I mean, I hope one day we do, but I mean, like, how are you? how how, how are you going to ever know? I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um so he's best known for the murders of five prostitutes. Um you can
0: we say sex workers on this podcast oh sex it's workers fine. okay Go ahead. it's fine
1: like i'm just saying i i think i more only say that because I that's think like that's how they write it that's how they write it i know that but i do understand like they yeah no it's fine sex workers <laughs> ladies of the night yeah okay. just when
0: i see it i have to <clears throat>
1: say it you know that's all. you know you know <laughs> um so he is like notorious specifically for these five murders there's a bunch of theories on that too how like he was like some guy that was working for the crown to sort of clean up the streets and i'm like oh i don't think he did a very good job (laughs) like he it was pretty terrible so he He did did. things like he like can i get graphic like i don't know yeah yeah. okay it's fine so he was an
0: explicit warning on this podcast oh great
1: i didn't want like (laughs) so he did things like he had like this way of like being able to like slit their throat which is disgusting mm-hmm. and like silence them, but they were still alive oh. as he like cut them open.
0: Ew, ew.
1: And like, at s- I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was like one of the things behind it. And also like how he, so like th- that was like a theory too that like he was able to do that in such a way so there's a lot of theories that are like he was a doctor he was right. whatever right because he knew he was able to work in the dark he was able to work quickly and he was able to identify body parts okay. in the dark so right. he was obviously very educated
0: he must have yeah <clears throat> he must have been someone with human like knowledge of human anatomy.
1: yeah and someone to go so unsuspected like right he was like probably he, very able to live a normal life in society Yes. But just like uh what's
0: the word I'm looking for? Like an esteemed member of society. Yeah. Like people would yeah. never ever suspect this person.
1: Right, right. Oh my God. So <clears throat> so he and like there are pictures, they're disgusting. Oh, like they're never looked at it. Oh, okay. Well, I have okay. like two books on Jack the Ripper because right. I have a problem. <laughs> so um anyway, so it was disgusting. So he would like, he took out their innards and things like that and like oh. would place them around their bodies. Like, it was oh terrible. My God um so um yeah it's it's absolutely terrible i think like the creepiest part to me though um is that one of the things he would do is and i can't remember if it happened like once or twice but he wrote like letters to the the right, chief of police right one of them contained and like I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong. And so I apologize. All the people that are going to be yelling at you because, for having me on your show are going to be like, she told the story so wrong. Um, I apologize. <clears throat> but he mailed an organ. I I want to say it was like either a kidney okay, and he mailed it and he mailed it to the chief of police and he was mocking him. Like he was like, you're never going to find out who I am. Like, I think this is hilarious. Like you guys think you're onto me. You're not blah, blah, blah. Uh But like the worst part was like he signed it. So his little like sign out was from hell. Oh, listen. Right. Listen, like that just like scares. Right that is terrifying right. that is like as terrifying as Sean's story like yeah. I'm I hear that and I got like a chill yeah. down my spine so imagine being 11 years old yeah. in music class yes. and your yes. teacher was like he signed it from hell and it was all was bloody it's like,
0: after nailing the kidneys,
1: I'm to I, a
0: group of 11 year old children
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh like what was she thinking I don't know oh, but good man. thing she had this weirdo in her class. <laughs> So, um, okay, so now this leads into my paranormal-ish story. So I have a really good friend, and um, she's actually, I'm in her wedding next year, and her, and I'm really good friends with her, and I'm really good friends with her fiancé. Okay. Their names are Kate and Bill, and... um I was, so Kate recently got engaged and we were out at, um. And so did Bill. He he did. He recently got engaged. (laughs) 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 I I just like how you said it, like, so so did did Bill. Bill. (laughs) Um, So we went out for a brunch and it was myself and, uh, Kate, uh, our other friend, Rita, Kate's mom, and then her soon to be mother-in-law, Peg, oh yeah I'll just say her name it's fine it Peggy it's fine it's not like people We're are gonna be like Peggy yeah. <laughs> no last
0: names Peggy Holly Facebook <laughs>
1: <laughs> find me <Yeah>. Um <laughs> I That's dare awesome. you so um yeah so I I won't say too much just because like I I was assured that she would like love it if I told this story but okay, just great. to make sure so anyway so I was telling Kate how much like I love true crime and, and Kate knows me and she'll often like joke about and Kate has bought me like birthday gifts before that have like books on true crime nice. so and she's always like she'll always what like introduce, yeah she'll see. introduce me to people and she'll be like this is my friend Holly she super loves murders I'm like oh oh <laughs> let me oh, let me clarify like
0: us. <laughs> sorry, no, shh, 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 no. <laughs> I don't like to murder. I don't like the murders and I don't like the murderers.
1: I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. I everything. So, um, and so like, I've known like her mother-in-law for like a few years too. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's such a nice lady. And, um, so she, uh, she says to her mother-in-law, she's like, Peggy, can you tell Holly your story? about jack the ripper and i'm like oh God, pardon me God. i'm like who mm-hmm. has a story who can say that who's like i have a story of jack the ripper yes, sorry, it's like just... just have this oh, little story my God. Okay. and i'm like excuse me like now you have to tell me how did i not know this before? how did i not know oh this <clears throat> so the story is that peggy was about 20 years old and she was hanging out with a friend and okay so i i did clarify this with kate my understanding is her and her friend were hanging out. They happened to find a Ouija board. Girl, you put that thing away. Oh my God. Like I'm terrified. I'm sorry. Like oh I just, I, I can't. Like that's the thought makes me want to be sick. No, go on. So she gets oh. out, she gets out her her Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And I think they were just like fooling around with it. I really don't think they were doing like a whole lot with it, to be honest. Like yeah. I don't think much ever happened. Okay. Right. Well, in the moment, nothing happened. Right. Life goes on. Peggy goes to bed. Peggy starts having these, like, dreams where she, it started out that she would be in bed. And down the hall, she could see, like, a dark figure. And she knew that it was dressed in, like, century clothing. Right. Okay? Got it from the period from the period okay from the late 1800s he was dressed and she would wake up and like it was terrifying like it was a really terrifying moment oh god i got a shiver down my
0: spine gone
1: this is a reoccurring dream that she keeps having every night and every night the dark figure gets closer Closer? and closer and closer and although he never told her she knew she knew that it was jack the ripper like her mind told her she's like this is this is jack the ripper
0: oh my god oh my god and
1: one night he gets like he's really close to her like standing over her my shirt
0: is over my face right now i'm so like afraid.
1: imagine that because it's not even like okay it's like it's one thing if it's like oh this is just like a creepy ghost jack the ripper yeah. standing over you yeah it's not just a
0: creepy ghost
1: literally sliced women's throats oh took god. out their organs oh god, oh wrote god, oh my notes my from hell standing over her okay so she wakes up she's absolutely terrified she doesn't know what to do she's i'm assuming she like she knew that it was
0: from the ouija board right so she destroyed the ouija board dream stopped i'm shocked oh my god but the last dream he was like standing standing over over her did she ever like see what he looked like
1: she said like it's like very like like she can't say like <clears throat> she, can't she couldn't give features. me like very detailed features but mm-hmm. she just said like he was like dressed
0: like oh just so
1: like and she's like in my head like i knew she's like i knew it was jack the ripper oh she oh ne- i i need to clarify with her maybe we can do like i can like follow some, up. Yeah, follow yeah, up. Yeah, definitely but so he like she, so it started out as, like, down the hallway. And I think that's what creeps me out, too, is, like, every oh. night she's, like, I literally have the same dream every night, but every night he was closer. Closing. That's so scary. So, like, coming down the hallway yeah. every night yeah. to stand right over her. Right. Like, how, you don't have reoccurring dreams like that. No. At least I don't.
0: No. The, if you're having reoccurring <clears> dreams, <throat> they're, like, the same dream. People are in the same spots. Like, <sighs> you know? Yeah. And she's, like, yeah. he was standing, like,
1: right over me. And she's, like, I got up. I... Destroyed my Ouija board. I think she ripped it up. Oh my god. And that was it. And I was like. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
0: Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Chumba. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. all were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the lesson is here, like don't play with a Ouija board. I say this it's all scary. it all the time. It terrifies me. It's so
0: terrifying! I can't.
1: I can't do it. No, I can't. I'm I sorry.
0: remember my. Ugh, I kind of want to tell this story, but I kind of don't because I feel like my older brother is going to be on my podcast soon, but mm. he has a really good Ouija board story. Ooh. So I'm gonna not tell it, but I'll tell you when we're not recording, yes. and I'll tease everybody by saying like when my brother does come on this podcast yes i'm gonna tell that story i would love that oh my god that's such a good one thank you so much for telling you're
1: that. welcome because the funny thing is so when you asked me to be on the show i was like really scared because <laughs> i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna talk about I know, I and know. then she's like well talk about like true crime but like turn like try and find a story that's like true crime and then like turns into paranormal i'm like oh my gosh yeah yeah Peggy like, I can't believe that I'm so glad that that story occurred from this I <laughs> I'm so glad you went through that Peggy
0: no I'm not <laughs> no 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 I'm it. just I'm just kidding oh my god that's so funny um oh yeah
1: that
0: was a good one I'm super proud of okay
1: you. yeah so this is like so this is the I so I sent Kate a message about this and I was like hey can you can I share this story like would Peggy be okay with that she's like she would totally if that. not so I clarified a couple things there so this is what Kate tells me she's like yes that's all right because i said that's the story like peggy told the story about jack the ripper coming down the hall Mm -hmm. she's like yes that's all right the image started at the end of her hall and every night for a week she had the same nightmare but the dark figure kept coming closer and closer until it was hovering over her bed and it was known to her that it was jack the ripper so she woke up and broke up the ouija board and she never had the nightmare again
0: Oh my god. mic drop. <laughs> hey, hey, thank you. Oh my god, that's such a good one. Yeah, because I think we talked before about like I don't think you've had any real paranormal experiences. Right? I
1: I myself have not uh-huh, yeah. and like I just and like I understand You could say it. I get really scared. <laughs> like I get so scared Sorry. that no no, I just like I'm t- because I don't want to like offend people but Who like is? I just believe in like very evil like paranormal so yeah. like I if I ever and like I pray that I don't like I would die like I'd be yeah. so scared because to sure. me that's so terrifying
0: yeah I feel like right oh all right I'm gonna read Jessica's story now so I'm, <laughs> I'm Jessica, excited oh my God an angel. She said, Okay, so let me preface this with the fact that I am not the best writer or storyteller, so if this is too drawn out or boring, I apologize in advance. In December of 1999, my grandfather passed away after a long battle with lung cancer. It was such an awful thing to watch. I was eight years old and hardly understood what death truly was. I was very close with him throughout our short time together, so I took his passing much harder than I had any other uh, that I experienced at that time. From a very young age, I struggled with body image. I was legit only eight years old and already hated the way I looked. I was made fun of in school for being chunky, which I was, but come on, I was eight. I know, right? Kids are so fucking Kids mean. the worst. I'm. You're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you've got... Actually, she is. She's really great. you You got this, girl. <laughs> and I was pretty tomboyish compared to some of my other girls in my class. My grandfather was always so supportive of me and always reminded me of how beautiful I was and to never let those kids tear me down. I have a specific vivid memory of my grandfather that coincides with this story. Uh, Several months before my grandfather passed away, I was at him and my grandmother's house as they used to babysit me often while my parents worked. I was in the bathroom and sneakily playing around with my grandmother's bag of Avon makeup, (laughs) foundation, concealer, eyeshadow, the works. He came in and found me but didn't scold me, just sort of chuckled at the sight of me probably looking like a total clown and helped (laughs) put the makeup away. He grabbed a washcloth and wet it and began wiping the mess off of my face he looked me dead in the eye and said jessica you don't need this you are the most beautiful girl in the world and when you look in this mirror i want you to see that every day oh my heart broke
1: i'm a puddle i
0: know to this day i can still look back and see the warmth in his eyes when he said those words six months later he passed away at home in my grandma's arms
1: oh my gosh
0: fast forward years later i was around 16 or 17 years old I was now living in that same house that my grandparents shared, but now it was only me and my grandmother who lived there. I had been staying there for about a year or so and was very aware of my surroundings and often felt the warm presence of my grandfather in the home. Nothing major like voices or things floating in the air across the room. Sorry to disappoint, (laughs) but mostly a warm comfort that made me feel like home in a time where I was still becoming adjusted to a new house. Little things would often go missing and they would turn back up shortly after in a spot that you absolutely knew you had previously looked for it or had left it. My grandmother and I would always play and joke that it was my grandfather and laugh it off and carry on. One day I was in the bathroom doing my makeup and hair before heading out to see some friends. I grabbed my makeup bag and started unloading all of the essential contents I needed. One item specifically was a CoverGirl brand concealer stick. I used this every day and I knew right where it was in the same spot each time. On this particular day, I had taken everything out of the bag and put it on the counter and walked out of the bathroom to grab my cell phone ringing in the other room. I was gone for, no joke, maybe 10 seconds when I walked back in. I couldn't locate my concealer stick, I looked in the drawers on the vanity, I looked on the floor in case it fell and rolled somewhere, I looked everywhere. It was gone. I was so frustrated because i knew it had just been in my hand and had i had set it down in the same spot that i do each day and it disappeared i said out loud okay i get it no makeup but quit taking my things knowing that no one was home to hear me but joking to myself that it was my grandfather messing with me i finished my routine without my concealer and got ready to leave my house as i was in the kitchen getting ready to walk out of the house to leave I walked to the fridge to grab a drink before heading out. Our microwave sat right next to the fridge and had a vintage wooden tray on top of it that held random things like gum, paper clips, mints, notepads. I happened to glance at the microwave while opening the fridge, only to see that my concealer stick was sitting in this tray standing up. I have no idea how it made it from one room to another without me touching it. I didn't even walk in that direction to get my phone when it rang, but I know 100% that I had makeup in my hand in the bathroom before I grabbed my phone. No one was home besides myself that day, and I still get goosebumps when I think about the experience. This came at a time when I was really struggling with depression and anxiety. I struggled with leaving the house and still struggle with my body image." From that day on, I made a promise to myself to seek therapy and work on my issues with self-love. I know that day my grandfather was sending me a a much-needed message at a time that I really needed it. Ten plus years later, and I still feel feel him with me these days. I have come strides with my mental health, and I know that he's been there with with me throughout this whole journey the whole way. I know this story is super long. It's not that long. I know this story is <laughs> super long. So honestly, I wouldn't blame you for not sharing it on the podcast, but I figured you are someone who could at least appreciate the story for what it is. Keep doing what you're doing. That was really special. I know. It was such a good one to end on. It was. That was so happy. I know. What a sweet little angel baby. <sighs> All right. I'm going to do the hometown haunt now. This one's just, like, super short. It was super interesting to me, so I didn't want to, like... I don't want, I wanted it to be the last because it's just, you know, so Dallas was the, the most listened, like the city that listened to me the most this week. Um, So I looked up some and the one that's really stuck out to me and I'm bummed that there's not more info on it was the Coombs Creek Trail. So if anybody knows more about the story than what I'm about to tell, email me. Or send me a message on social media. Yes, please do. I'm super interested.
1: Yeah, and so, it gives great listening material when we <laughs> carpool together to work. True. I want to know more. That's
0: right. <laughs> so the first thing that I found was the Coombs Creek Trail is located in Oak Cliff. Local stories have surfaced around this location claiming to see a little girl riding her bike at night. Supposedly, a young girl drowned at the creek and her ghost has since been spotted. Residents prefer taking a detour and taking ten minutes longer to arrive to their destination than passing near the creek. So then I like tried to find um, some other stories about it, and I found like this like video, and it had like clips of um, newspaper articles. So this one clip says, "Besides being a great choice for a scenic walk." Pretty Coombs Creek Trail in Oak Cliff's historic Kessler Park neighborhood is the purported home of a ghostly little girl, an unfortunate victim of a creek drowning, who has been seen riding her bike at night before seeming to vanish. Then the next one says, In the Oak Cliff area, you will find Coombs Creek where the ghost of a small girl on a bike can be encountered. A young girl was riding her bike near the railroad tracks and got stuck, and a train ran over her body. <laughs> it is said that her spirit is trapped there to haunt the empty street by the railroads. Oak Cliff is in the same place where you will locate the Wilbur Street playground. A girl was swinging on the swings when a drunk driver lost control of their car and hit the child. It is believed that the ghost of the child can be seen if you look closely at the swings. <sighs> and the last one says... um, Oh, the last one is the one I just read. But you, there's apparently... You can apparently find photos of her online. Like, people have photos of her. And then there's also, like, a, an evil man that they say hides behind her sometimes. Ugh. And then the, the last thing that I found was... So there's a woman named Rita Cook who lived in this area and she wrote a book i think it was called haunted dallas and she wrote a book about all these haunted places and so the one thing that she says about the coombs creek trail um, says cook called out this popular trail as one of her most memorable haunted places because she grew up not far from it and still lives near it along with all the spooky legends that come with it local stories claim that the spirit of a little girl who drowned in the creek could be seen riding her bike at night So, the story changes. Some say that she, some say she just vanished, some say she drowned, and some say she got hit by a train. So there's three different versions of the story. Um, So, local stories claim that the spirit of the little girl who drowned in the creek could be seen riding her bike at night. She described it in her book as always scary, and that she would drive an extra five or ten minutes around just to avoid moving through its ominous aura. My mother, so then in quotes, it says, my mother was always like, you can't walk down that road alone. Uh, She felt something without even understanding why. Oh, God. And you can actually find photos of this on Google image search. You just have to type in Coombs Creek Trail, and apparently there's photos of Mary, which I showed To Holly, and she did not like them. I hated it. (laughs)
1: Like I, (laughs) residents of Coombe Creek, (laughs)
0: coombs
1: Coombs Creek (laughs) Trail, (laughs) you need to evacuate. (laughs) I'm. You guys
0: need to evacuate. Scarred. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: You need to leave there.
0: Yeah. So that's it. That's that's the whole episode. This was a good episode. Thanks for I, coming.
1: Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I had seriously. I had such a good time. Come back Thanks.
0: anytime. Next time, like maybe if Victoria ever comes back, she you can Victoria. <laughs> if Victoria ever comes, if Victoria back. ever comes back, because <laughs> I like, keep inviting her and she keeps she's going like she's doing so much right now after work. She has like stuff to do every day after work right now. So I I get it like. She, this hour
1: this time. is becoming our workplace like official podcast. This is you, the workplace podcast.
0: Don't say the company name. Oh, you know, I
1: would right? never. I would never. And that's why I kind of wanted to like give you like a preempt before we started recording. Yeah. And be like, I'm going to tell you them that we met at work, but I'm yeah, not yeah. going to say the name. Don't worry. <laughs> We're not allowed Uh, to say that name Even on weekends Especially Especially
0: weekends weekends. Speaking of which I'm on vacation this week Yes
1: Get it queen I
0: don't have to Drive in Which I'm excited about God bless And yeah I can just hang That's out here. Exciting. Keep inviting people over and just recording these episodes in advance, so that oh, <laughs> such a hand good hand feeling for those times when I'm like I really don't want to record. Yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a bad mental health week. Oh. Okay, great. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Splendora underscore, or you can um, email me. At my email address, which is adorantm at gmail.com. That's m because sometimes people do ador, A D A like, no, it's adoranti. Your Gmail. paranormal stories adoranty are just m at gmail.com.
1: Your paranormal stories are They're just going to a random
0: person. Who like, the fuck is that? Someone keeps emailing me ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need Sage. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I need Sage. H. I need my priest. I need a high priestess. Oh gosh! And that's it. Thank you for listening and stay spooky. Bye. Bye. <laughs>